Hello and welcome to Gank That that Drink, drink. a supernatural drinking game podcast. This is season two, episode four, Usual Suspects and Crossroads Blues. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. I just, I'm (laughs) so excited because in our show, we assign ourselves a bunch of drinking game rules Mm -hmm. and they're cumulative this season over all of them. And we watch a couple episodes of the always stupendous magnificently superfluous and emotionally sensitive show, Supernatural. That's right. Uh, So we're going to play along with our drinking game rules apart from you, away from you. We're going to excuse ourselves from you, but through the magic of podcasting, we're going to appear instantaneously back again, having had a lot more drinks and Mm -hmm. watched... Through the magic of podcasting, you could just fast forward to that point. You could right now. Listen for the supernatural title card sound, and then that is where you come in to us talking about the episodes, how the drinking game rules played out, and uh, you know just our thoughts in general. Um, our, our overarching goal being to curate for you the perfect season two of Supernatural Drinking Game. Uh, to, I am Chrissy. And I'm Nate. And we are watching tonight... Uh, the Usual Suspects, episode 7 of season 2, episode 29 overall, aired November 9th, 2006. Still in those, still hitting those threes, 3.19 million viewers. Uh, and Crossroads Blues, Cross, why, I'm having trouble with that, Crossroads yeah, cross. Blues, um, which uh, is episode 30 overall, 8 of this season. Uh, neither one of these a Kim Manners episode, neither one of these a Kripke episode. Uh, 3.16 million viewers, November 16th, 2006. And just because for posterity's sake, we will still do our spurler alert. There's going to, look. There's going to be spurlers. Spoilers. We're going to spurl it for, for so many reasons. For everybody. Reason one this is more than 12 years ago that this came out. Like, I think this statute, no matter, even if we don't agree on it, past 10 years, like, if I spoiled the end of the crying game for you, that's your fault. If I spoiled the end of Star Wars for you, that's your fault. If I spoil the Sixth Sense for you, that's your fault. Right. And right. if I spoil Supernatural for you, that's your fault. Look, the other reason is we're going to be having some drinks. Yeah, and we're not going to be able to keep track of what we can and can't say because of spoilers. And also, we're talking about the episode, so just naturally, just it's going to happen. Just deal with it. Um, okay, so we are cumulatively playing all the rules uh, and adding, Nate and I are each adding a new rule in each episode. Uh, so we're going to run through them all for you. I'm going to say the rule. You're going to say what it is. This is a fun test every week to see if I remember what to, the rule is. Do you want to reverse <laughs> sure, it? Sure, yeah. Okay. I'll read it off. Your turn to remember what it is. Okay. Uh, Wi-Fi. Anytime you are wondering where the boys are getting a wireless internet connection in 2006, take a drink. Rock salt. Anytime the boys use uh, rock salt to get rid of a ghost, take a drink. Double that drink. Go ahead and drink again if the rock salt doesn't solve their problem. Concussion. Anytime the boys suffer what surely must be a traumatic brain injury, take two drinks. 
Yes, it's two drinks. Mm-hmm. And we want you to suffer the same brain damage that they must have. I'm excited for season 40 when we find out that Sam and Dean both have CTE. Okay, <laughs> slam. They, episode one, they take their baseline test. And... <laughs> they can't pass the Wonderlick test. Nope. Sports jokes. Uh, slam is our next rule. Slam. Anytime something slams. That's the that's the heavy hitter so far. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's hard to miss. Or, I mean, it's hard to catch sometimes. That is. It's easy yeah. to miss. Take it in. That's just one drink. Yes, yeah, just we'll probably yeah, yeah. probably make it a sip. Yeah, not like a glug. It's, I, yeah, feel like it out. A boop. Feel it out. If it feels like there's a lot of slams going on, yeah. start sipping. Uh, then, of course, our favorite one: toxic masculinity. That's right. You take is that one a twofer or a one? It's a one. It's a one drink. So yeah, you're gonna take a drink every time that anyone on the show, not just Sam and Dean, exhibits toxic masculinity which is the thing that we most often end up talking about at the end of the episodes because it's some interesting discussion and to see how things were written and Mm -hmm. how they still are written and how far we've come in 12 years uh and then we have uh oh yeah uh cut self for spell so anyone cuts themselves for the spell Mm -hmm. that's dose drinks yep and then because it doesn't, I mean, it happens a lot overall, but it doesn't happen. It's not like it happens eight times per episode, right? It so might happen like drinker. once or twice. Uh, I think when you get into later seasons, it happens a lot more mm-hmm. often. When they start using magic a lot more, yep. relying yeah. on magic, Bobby's there. Yeah. At some point, we'll have to uh, include just cutting like people's arms to prove they're not alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, someone dies. Someone dies. So that's you take a drink anytime someone dies, but. You double that if you can't remember that person's name or they never had a name. At some point, I want to also add a, 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 an addenda to this where if uh, someone we really love mm-hmm. dies, uh, it, it should be either like a certain number of drinks or a finishing drink. So if like a main character or someone like dies. repeat character. I think we could just safely say that right now. If any time a main character dies, you're going to finish your drink. Yeah, there we go. But that's not going to happen this season. No. Uh, themed hotel. Okay, so for the whole drinking game, if they are in a funky themed hotel room, every rule is doubled. Yes. It's super fun. And uh, so we're adding two more tonight. Mm-hmm. So that's our, we've done all those so far. Yep. Tonight we are adding two more. The first one we are adding is Sammy has a headache. Yep. That's take one drink. Uh, anytime Sammy clutches his temple and uh, uh, has, it, has one of his visions, psychic headaches. And then jump scare. Jump scare. Have a drink. Have a nice drink anytime there's a jump scare. It's like slam. Goes hand in hand. Are we including, uh, I, I would love to include anytime we have a scene where we either get like a mirror shot or a closed door and someone's behind it or just like a camera pan. Well, that would be a jump scare, yeah. Yeah, so like, like the rock all is back scare. there. Even though you know it's coming because they yeah. very much telegraph it mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So those are the new rules we're playing along with all the old ones. And uh, some of these have hit a lot. Some of them haven't hit as much as we thought. So hopefully we get a good mix tonight. Yep, we're going to go watch the episodes and we will see you on the other side. Which happens instantly, right now. And we're back through the magic of time travel. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. That's my terrible TARDIS sound. TARDIS sound? It's the late night TARDIS sound when you don't want to... Uh, anyway. Uh, okay, so first let's talk about what we were drinking. We were drinking yes. 21st Amendment Brewery 
Brew Free or Die Blood Orange IPA, which I just thought was inappropriate, supernatural um, alcoholic beverage. Uh, It's Blood Orange. Team Free Will seems seems about right to Brew Free or Die. Uh, What did you think of the beer? I like it. It's a nice and easygoing IPA with a good orange flavor. It's mm-hmm. not very hoppy, but it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty easygoing. The orange hits you right away too. It does, like yeah. it just mm, you get that fragrance yeah. and it's it's nice. And Twenty First Amendment Brewing from San Francisco, California, uh, they make a lot of interesting fruit and uh, like flavored beers. They have a watermelon mm-hmm. ale that's very popular. And yeah, they uh, they make good stuff. I've been there myself. Good little brewery in in the heart of San Francisco. If you ever get a chance to go, check it out. Yeah, send us money <laughs> or free beer. Uh, all right, so we are we're gonna start with the usual suspects. Featuring guest star Linda Blair. What? what? Um, so at first I was really confused. So it starts out with, of course, Sammy being interrogated, Dean being interrogated. They're having a whole good cop, bad cop situation go down. Um, and the and Linda Blair's interrogating Sam, and her whole spiel is like, it's not your fault, Dean's your brother. Like, you could have a life. He's going down. But you, you're fine. You You could have been a lawyer, all this, all that. But she's like, oh, the whereabouts of your father are unknown. And at first I was like, but wait, he died in a hospital. Right. And then I was like, oh, right, but they were using a fake name. But he would still be a dead body. And at at what point would they, like, fingerprint him and realize... That it's this guy, John Winchester. Yeah. So why is he still an unknown quantity? I cannot answer that question. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't have an explanation for that one. It seems like they should have records of it. Mm-hmm. So the situation is a guy was killed by what seemed to be a vengeful spirit. Uh, and Dean got... Bust- they go and interview the wife. And it's like, you know, we're seeing good cop, bad cop play out. We're also seeing dumb Dean, sympathetic Sammy when they're interviewing the wife, right? And yes. Sam's all, all puppy dog eyes. And Dean's all like, yeah, but what about the weird stuff? So many pop culture references in this episode. Well, yeah, and I think with an episode with the title of a movie, right? right, we're going to probably get a lot of pop culture references, and we did. So many, uh, including a very direct Mulder and Scully reference. But this episode reminded me of an X-Files episode called Ghost in the Machine. Which one was that? So I don't... it's been a long time but it's there's definitely a vengeful spirit that's trapped inside the computers and it like sends messages is it oh it's not the one where it's the secure it's like the whole system in the building mm-hmm. and he, is it that one yep it's that one where he's gotta like fight he has to fight the building basically yep yep, yep. <laughs> he gets yep. trapped yep. in the elevator or something anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that they're super similar but it reminded yeah, me yeah, of yeah. that that's an so, interesting episode too because you have like I mean, sorry. No, no, <laughs> so no We should just do an X-Files podcast. We should. Um, because it's it's an interesting episode. That's because, after this. We'll get through yeah. <laughs> 13 seasons. By yeah. the time we get there, there will be 15 seasons. And then we'll have a podcast called The Vermouth is Out There. And that'll, <laughs> that'll be our X-Files <laughs> drinking game podcast. Uh, what if but, it's Forsooth, The Vermouth is Out There. <laughs> and it's an X-Files drinking game podcast, but we speak only in Shakespearean yes, dialect. let's do it. We speak in complete 100% iambic pentameter mm-hmm. the whole time. Uh, but that X-Files episode, what I, I find interesting about that one is that it is a guy, it's like the Silicon Valley dude who who builds right. this. And so we have this really fun, even though it's it's 
and you know obviously back in the 90s it's mm-hmm. an interesting episode uh and i do love that one but yeah it does remind me a little bit of it yeah so the, everywhere they go the printer is spitting out these dana schulps dana schulps they think it's a name they both figure out at the same time that it's some kind of anagram but they can't necessarily figure out what it is except part of it seems like ashland which is the name of a street which it yes. seems paper thin to me um sam just escapes the precinct he just escapes through window but not a, the window was a red herring he right because he went and stole record mm-hmm. and so at that same moment linda blair who's doing so much acting by the way oh she is she's going hard acting yeah she thought she was booking law and order svu and she got supernatural i think and she like, also I'm, is on an episode of law and order probably SVU. i think everyone is if you're if you i'm have pretty a, sure everyone is i think i've been on i have an imdb page so i'm law in and order SVU. That's I, just, you. I just put law and order on my imdb so um but credit. we sort of were joking about like so the ghost appears in the ladies room and it's yeah. like spelling out dana schulps or whatever in the uh mirror to the cop and it gives her bruises on her wrist and i'm like you know it really must if you're a ghost or a vengeful spirit or a harbinger of death or whatever because this uh, ghost ends up being a, a death omen um like you really have to put planning into you know like okay all right so step one i gotta make a i gotta make a vision board step two i gotta steam up the whole bathroom so that I can write in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to try and talk to her. Now I know my throat's been cut and that I can't make sounds. But I'm still going to try. Right, right. I'm going to try. Nothing ventured, nothing yeah. gamed, okay? And I love how whimsical this death omen is. Mm-hmm. Because this de- death omen, who has the ability to send paper out through a printer. Oh, the by the way. The ability to write. There's a printer in this couple's bedroom yeah. on a bedside table. Kinky kinky stuff (laughs) the dumbest thing uh but i love it's so whimsical because this ghost has the ability or this omen has figured out how to communicate right it's it's discovered like if it fogs up because we had the the desk earlier in the episode Mm -hmm. and the first death where Mm -hmm. they wrote the dana schulps on the desk Mm uh as well um and i just love that the ghost the ghost instead of just spelling out ashland pub which is what was in the window. Right, which is what's in the window. It made an anagram. Now, they show later on that it, like, it was the, the reflection of the... But it still didn't say Dana Schultz. No, it didn't say Dana Schultz. So it was still scrambled. I think this ghost in a former life, uh, or, or possibly when they were alive, they were a writer for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell... Not Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, Ask Me Another on NPR. It was, right. Who gives out an, uh, anagram t-shirts. She was a t-shirts. heroin dealer and NPR consultant. Yeah, Exactly. And, and what a, what a rich or and she li- or tapestry. you know maybe she listened to a lot of NPR and and just wrote anagrams and left puzzles. Wouldn't you do that if you were a ghost and you were trying to get someone to figure out no, either how I to salt and bone your body? Say it plain. Just make it a game. No. Have some fun while you're at it. I also love the idea that like Dean is into wordplay. It's an anagram, <laughs> right? Right, Dean. You know all about anagrams because that's part of your thing. Um, and I I also just thought like this. Okay, so here's my question. Where would name some place you would be amenable to see the message of a ghost? Like if a ghost had a message for you, where and when would you want it to appear? Ooh. Uh that well So that you'd be like not scared, open to receive the message. That's interesting. Uh I would say I would I would just hope that like maybe we're just watching TV and it like 
does the whole like white noise thing and like fuzzes in and is like hey okay help. so because you just die. relaxed on your couch i die yeah. and i'm like i gotta get a message to nate right and tell him to keep doing mm-hmm. the podcast yeah you want me to appear in your tv i want you to <laughs> sneak yourself somehow into an episode of television so if you're just like like a trickster yeah you'd be a trickster you'd just be pop up as a random character in like bojack horseman and be like and that and 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 Nate. just reference our podcast, and it'll be like a sign to me, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you're looking at your phone, scrolling yeah, through Tinder. Probably. T- totally missing. Uh, it. Not, well, I'll tell you why I was scrolling through my phone in a minute. Um. Okay. So, the, the just the writing of this episode too seemed so strange to me. Like, there's a part where Dean's like, "Oh, I know. You're gonna say it can't possibly be. There's no such thing as monsters. Let's just skip that part, shall we? He skips That's the not." Speech. But that's not how Dean talks. I find that's just they, that's not who he is. But early on, they write him very different too. Mm. I find that he's he's written a lot different. Sammy though was also way more snarky than he usually is. You have your job, I have mine. It's like somebody wrote this who was only a little familiar with the show. Yeah, it, everything was written very. Uh, I don't know what the word is like, but not like cheesy even for supernatural, right? Right, so right, right. it's not its normal level of cheese. And and I think part of that was because they obviously were trying to sneak in as many pop culture references as possible. I mean, we have mm-hmm. uh, Matlock is referenced a couple times by both of them. We have a Steve McQueen in the, the Great Escape reference. Obviously, the X-Files we already discussed. And then we end, and of course, because Linda Blair is in Silence of the Lambs. No. No. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Wrong movie. Uh-huh. Wrong movie. Uh, she's in The Exorcist, so at the the end, they make a pea soup reference. Which was so just ham-handed. I really rolled my eyes. I liked um, it. Here's another instance of them having a lady cop assistant who lets them go. They have more lady cop assistants than the doctor has companions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, okay, so there's a lot of dumb plot holes in this episode. Just a lot of them. Like, why would Pete... The crooked cop who is Linda Blair's partner and love interest be like, oh, I'm just gonna just gonna take this uh, prisoner and uh, transport him. Don't don't ask any nothing questions. Suspicious. Uh, nothing's gonna happen. At two in the just morning. Just me. Just no. I'm gonna just drive him through the woods because that's the most direct loose route to St. Louis. Um, also, I get all my people who are I, all the women I interact with in my life get the same necklace. <laughs> and the it's same custom made necklace, necklace from the same shop on Carson Street. I roll. And the other interesting element to this episode is uh, our previous episode carrying over where Dean mm-hmm. is also wanted for that murder in St. Louis. Right. Which they then allude to at the end where they say, you're still wanted for that. You mm-hmm. got to lay low, all this. Well, uh, but there's also like the part where he, like Pete is like monologuing and he's like, yeah, I did all this stuff, but, 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 um, it's fine. I love you. So and just let me do all these crimes. They, yeah. They don't come up with a really solid reason why he was dealing heroin mm-hmm. that had been seized by the police already mm-hmm. or why he thought linda blair who by all intents is a good we have no reason not to think that she's a good copper that she's compromised in any way um that she would be like oh yeah 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 no 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 no, no. cool i'm so desperate to have a boyfriend who murders people that i will accept that you murder people i'll totally trust that you're not going to also murder me and the interesting thing is they ask him at the they ask him there in the final scene they say or in the final segment there they say hey well why did this person have to die why did this person have to die so my question is was he besetting the death omen upon these people no 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 no. 
the Death Omen was trying to warn people that, that he was he coming, was to, coming right. for them. Okay, she and then he came and warn, killed it. Yeah, yeah she so was this, trying to warn other victims. So this is my my issue with this episode. Is I also don't whoever, think a cop would slash throats. No, whoever edited this episode... He'd just double tap. Boom, boom. I was thrown off, and I had to ask you several times throughout the episode, are we in a flashback? Who anybody was, yeah. <laughs> Who anybody was. Are we in a flashback? I feel like this episode just flowed very strangely. It did. This is and this it is jumped around. We had a real Westworld situation going on it here. It was where... not good. It should, this is a skippable episode. Oh, skip. They also just completely gloss over like the boys. They're they're like present enough to have the boys say, "Where's the Impala?" And then it's an impound, and they're just like, "We'll improvise." Come on. They've got the Impala in the next episode, too, by the way. So they got it out of Impound somehow. I've gotten a car out of Impound after it was stolen from me. Not not taken from me because I was in an accident. Not uh, taken from me because I parked it illegally. Stolen from me. And to retrieve it, I had to get it out of Impound. And that was a gigantic pain in the ass. And I had committed no crimes. There's paperwork... Dean's face is all over everything. This is insanity. Um, So basically, but I did want to be like, yes, I would love to see the boys just in a drop-in improv class. (laughs) In whatever town they go to, they scope out the motel. They look for drop-in improv Mm -hmm. classes just so they can work on their Mm -hmm. skills. They have to. Keep it fresh. Yeah. Uh, They're doing doing jams. Their character work is outstanding. It is on point. Um... But this is a one hundred and thousand percent. No need to watch it. A skippable episode. Never watch it. No. Never watch this. Not even for Linda Blair and her hard, and hard all acting. the acting. Hard acting. All right, Crossroads Blues. Okay, I'm going to do my Crossroads Blues summary by starting with something that I kind of wrote while okay. we were watching the episode. Are okay. you ready for this? this? I hope is, it's a poem. It's not a poem, but is it a blues song? No, no, no. This is a this is a commercial. Okay. I have a commercial. Oh, I was we have a, give we you have some bluesy. We have a sponsored on today's show. Okay. Oh, uh, come on down to Lloyd's Crossroads Bar. Are you tired of just being mediocre? Come on in, have a brew, strike a deal, and have a great life. We got the hottest deals around. Ten years of professional excellence for zero down, zero marked at signing, no payments for ten years. <laughs> I love it. That's my ad for, for Lloyd's Crossroads Bar. So, Crossroad Blues, we get another, so this is two episodes in a row now. We have real people mm-hmm. from history who enter our episodes. We had uh, the murderer in the last episode, whose name is uh, Holmes. Uh, Who's the? Oh, A.J. Holmes. A.J. Holmes, uh, who in, in our one of our last episodes. They're doing a ripped from really old headlines <laughs> sort of thing. Ooh, yeah, they, they ripped from decades, from the 1930s headlines. So, we get Robert Johnson. Who is an old is a blues singer is very famous and uh, is referenced in Oh Brother Where Art Thou and several other things uh, throughout pop culture because he's considered the father of blues music and a lot of a lot of modern music especially rock and roll and everything so we see him and the the whole legend around Robert Jones which is what I was reading most of this time during the episode was I was doing more historical research. Uh, is that he made a deal with the devil at a crossroads. There's debate about where the crossroads actually is because there's debate about where, what town he actually lived in. Did you think you were going to have to do this much historical research this season? No, but I love it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll sit and read Wikipedia articles all day long. 
but uh, the interesting thing, so I found something interesting about Robert Johnson is that uh, there is a theory that's come out recently, some, somewhat recently, that he was not a single person, that he was multiple people that traveled around. He's an amalgam. Uh, yeah, and there's only two uh, pictures, quote unquote, you know, actual photographs of Robert Johnson. The one we gave to the demon. Right, and and one that is on the Wikipedia, which is a studio photo of him. So he is playing in in Lloyd's or wherever it was called back in 1930 Lloyd's in Mississippi, and he starts hearing hellhounds outside, and he runs, and then they, you know, it's where he dies. He died at the age of 27. Uh, they think there's even like iffy records on his birth and everything. He was born on a plantation, so is uh, he the first person to die at 27? Isn't that how old Kurt Cobain was and yeah. everybody else? Do I have that wrong? Is it 37? No, it's 27, right? 27, yeah, I think like Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix, like, yeah. Kurt Cobain. Uh, right. I think 27. Janis Joplin. Uh, did they all make devil deals? That's my question. That's what I wrote down was, did what other famous people who died young? Because you can't expect a 17-year-old to understand that 10 years is nothing. 10 yeah. years is no time. Not at all. If you've just gone through high school, that's four years that feels like a fucking eternity. Yeah. Then you can't wrap well, like your mind your around the fact that ten years goes by yeah. in the blink of an eye. And if yeah, and if you, I mean, if you're 17, that's more than half your life is 10 years, like of which you've lived already. So right, you don't it think, seems like forever. I mean, I'm 27 now. When I was oh God. 17. When are they coming for you, Nate? <laughs> They're coming soon. I don't know what it would deal. I mean, I don't know what I'm so good at. Well, that but I made nobody's a deal. making good deals. No. I mean, like I guess if all those people got to be rock stars, then then they're making okay deals. But all the people in this episode are making garbage deals. One guy was he was an architect, mm-hmm. and he made a deal just to be a genius architect. Well, they explain that because so the guy summoned the crossroads demon, and then he's like, yeah, but then the demon didn't go. It wasn't. It didn't just take me and go. It stayed in the bar and was just like chatting people up. So if you met a beautiful woman in a bar who was just like, "What would you want if you could have anything? What would you want?" Oh, I don't know. I'd want something dumb. You know. Later on, we'll learn how dumb when we meet Crowley and find out what happened to him. But so she was more or less duping people who wouldn't ordinarily make a devil deal. They weren't burying a box with their picture in it. No, and that, and so that was one of the things I brought up, with, and that you and I kind of discussed was that, uh, that these cross at this crossroads, if this devil is making all these deals, mm-hmm. why are there not tons of just holes dug around the whole just, crossroads? Just this very loose dirt. <laughs> just loose dirt everywhere. Very loose dirt, and it would be funny to see like over the years. So the original the guy buried it in like a, a burlap sack, yeah. and then the next one's in like a, a, a cigar box, and mm-hmm. the next one's in like a. You get a caboodles for all like the a 80s Star Wars ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the vessels change. They're like, what is this Partridge Family lunchbox doing <laughs> in the crossroads here? Uh, the rest of the episode is basically uh, Sam and Dean trying to save the pe- these tons of people who've made deals, mm-hmm. and some of them are dying or close to dying, and some of them, they go to a guy who mm-hmm. I think accepts his fate. Uh, the artist guy. So the artist yeah. guy, it's like, or someone at some point is like. Isn't it funny how all these... No, it's the guy who's friends with the architect. And he's like, yeah, he was nothing. He was terrible. And then all of a sudden, he had this burst of genius, kind of like Van Gogh or Mozart. Isn't it funny how all of these geniuses seem to die Dying. young? And so that made me think, what if demons are responsible for all meaningful art? Boom. Without the without demons, we don't have great art. They, they want to get out into the world. 
They just want to create the Sistine Chapel ceiling. They just want to write Smells Like Teen Spirit. And some people would say that the demons lived inside the people who created it. I mean, it's a real chicken egg scenario. Uh, I don't believe Mozart would have been at least a crossroads. And that would have been a 10-year deal because he was pretty prejudice from from well i'm saying from an early age from like four years old he was playing full-on sonatas and symphonies or whatever so i don't think he would have made it i don't think he would have been but he could have been it could have been a demon i'm not saying it couldn't have been a demon i'm just saying not a crossroads deal Mm -hmm. because he died much later after his genius had already enough history what's next (laughs) Uh, they they oh MySpace reference oh oh we get a gorgeous MySpace reference Dean we, doesn't know what it is if we had been doing outdated tech this episode would have been gold ugh gold so much gold uh, we did get a lot of Wi-Fi yep in in this episode in this yeah in the Devil in the Crossroads Blues episode we got a, a Wi-Fi hit yep lots of slam hits um, we're gonna get okay that. we'll get to that anyway. They they so we got this the one guy the I don't even know what his deal was what deal he made but he had like a wife who then was a demon he was, or she had cancer no she wasn't a demon but they're seeing visions uh. they're seeing visions of people at demons and what, so what demons do is their eyes sort of glaze over and they look like Walking Dead zombies and their mouths open really wide which I agree is terrifying yeah. as someone who has TMJ and can't open their jaw all the way that's that's scary when the jaws come unhinged yeah. um, so sammy gets to and him. also but he's got a deadbolt on his office door so he's up to something nefarious people don't have interior deadbolts unless they are criminals right or very very paranoid okay which he should have been because the hellhounds are coming for him and this is our first hellhound episode it is but so there's the moment where dean is like totally getting in this guy's face and he's like oh you think you were so selfless because you made a demon deal in order to save your wife so she'd live but it was really so you wouldn't have to live without her but now she's gonna have to live without you and it's obvious that he's like oh now i have to live without my dad and and the guilt wakes me up every day and it's like yeah but bitch like you can't leave sam Give it six years, Dean. I know, right? Give it six years, and you're going to make some decisions. And it's like, basically, this whole episode is just about demon geocaching. Just digging up someone else's <laughs> thing and, like, putting your own picture in and being like, fine. Fine. I, I I would love a real modern day episode of this where it's just an online, like, crossroads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, the crossroads of the internet. You send your I bank routing information to a server. So... Uh, Dean summons the crossroads demon while Sam tries to keep the dude safe from the hellhounds mm-hmm. and gets one of my favorite, like one of the, I, a memorable moment from the show for me is when how he traps this demon. He, he tries getting her in the car, for, which is a weird plan. De- I like roll. what? What crossroads demon is gonna? The whole point of a crossroads demon is they're at the crossroads. Why are they going to get in your car and go Where somewhere? Go? Where are you going? It's so weird. It's such a weird choice. But she sees the devil's trap underneath the car and is like, oh. And she's also really oh. acting. Yeah. A devil's trap. This is what I, my complaint about Meg in the whole first season. It was like, a devil's trap, Dan. Please. I wasn't demon born yesterday. And it's like, ugh, yeah, enough. So he, luckily, in our lesson, in our, our lesson learned for this episode is always have a backup demon trap available or yeah. devil's trap available. And don't you think that they should have some sort of like tossable expanding mm-hmm. devil's trap? Like you write it on like the, a pokeball 
exactly for like a, a pokeball. Trap, yeah. But just to be practical, it's on the inside of a car's sunshade. Oh. Right? And you just like flap, thick of the wrist. It goes from being the size of a frisbee to being the size of a windshield. <laughs> and then you toss it under the demon. It's super light, it's tossable. Why do they not have this yet? They need to develop that technology Get for at the me, boys. Get Kri- Kripke. I'll sell it to you. Yeah. So he, end up, he ends up trapping her under the water tower uh, with the devil's trap. And I will say that, I mean, I watched this episode for the first time probably a year ago, but of all the episodes and all the content of Supernatural that I've watched, that's a moment that still sticks with me is I knew exactly, oh, yeah, it's it's right under the water. You know, because sometimes you yeah. forget how Because you're like, why is he about. pouting and standing under this dumb thing? I knew, I knew... As soon as he went to the car, I remembered it was the water tower. That's what I'm saying. But there's like, no I, water tower in that crossroads when they show it, and it, we're just seeing Lloyd's bar. Down the, it's down in the ways. He, they walk a bit. They walk a bit. But he, he traps her, and he makes it just so... And But we get this whole thing where she goes, your dad, you're, you know, because... He's the, being tortured. Right, because that's the other thing, is they keep mentioning that they want to ask about the yellow-eyed demon and try to find out more about that. And she says, your dad, he died for you. This is where we find out, or... Dean officially finds out that John made a deal for his life. They swap lives, and she's saying he's being tortured. If you knew what he's going through, you'd make the deal to bring him back right now. Yep. And Dean, though he thinks about it, decides to stick with his original plan, which is free the dude from his deal, let the demon go, even though he almost exercises her. Mm-hmm. Makes a good call, because we know where the season's heading. Well, but also, like, this demon is the only one who's like, you are handsome, and everyone talks about it, and I'm all about it. And when mm-hmm. she gives him his demon, demon deal kiss, kiss, she's, like, sucking his face off. And I'm like, finally, someone who's speaking for the audience. Yeah. Well, if you're a... Cro- imagine you're, the, you're this demon, and you get all these... These people who the the patrons of Lloyd's Bar is who you have to choose from and who you get to kiss all the time. Yep. And Dean Winchester walks into your life, strolls up. But it's like so many people on the show. Like if I were a writer on this show, I'd have everyone be like, "Oh fuck, the two handsomest guys I've ever seen were postal workers, and they were asking me about my mail delivery." And be like, "Yeah." The two handsomest men I've ever seen. Two on linebackers Earth. just came in here. They were so gorgeous. One gigantic, the other normal size, but tw- two times as handsome. And they said they were from the FBI, and I'm like, what? The, like that should be a cutscene. Yeah. I want to see that as a cutscene. I want to see a cutscene of a demon who's like strolling through a bar, going, no, no, no. I want to find the prettiest girl here. That's the only person I'll possess. And then I want a cutscene of just the Impala in traffic. That's all you just want to. I just want to see them in stop and go traffic, just once. That'd be a great bottle episode. But, okay. Well, and I love, especially if you think about some of their, which we got a great montage of in one of these episodes of all their different uh, fake IDs and, and aliases and fake, names. And, fake, and fake jobs. So yeah, some of their jobs that they, you know, if those two walked in, they're like, "Hey, we're journalists from what was the one?" They they're said? from an insurance from, from company. an insurance company, and then uh, uh, oh, architectural, architectural digest. digest. If those two walked up to you and said, we're reporters for Architectural Digest. I'd be like, fuck you, you're cover models. Yeah. Your your cover models for for Bodybuilder magazine. Your cover models for, like, your face is a beautiful building. Uh, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You never forget that. I get it. It's a TV show. Everyone's gorgeous. We suspend our disbelief. But. 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 This demon finally spoke for the trees. And especially because they're traveling throughout, like, rural 
Let's not go there. <laughs> okay, we won't Let's go there. Let's not go there. But I think everyone yeah. is on the same page. So let's talk about our drinking rolls. Okay. Uh, so Wi-Fi happened twice, three times overall. We're still only at one on the rock salt, which there was a vengeful spirit. And they, I really thought rock salt was going to happen. Yeah. No concussions. Uh, slam, we counted three solid times, and then we we're just like times ten. Because when the hellhounds are like bang, 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 bang. A lot of slams. Several, uh, several times in the episode, yeah. Toxic masculinity, we really only chalked it up to one, mm-hmm. which was my call. That was a good was call. the X-Files reference in the beginning of um, Usual Suspects, where he's like, you're Scully, because you're a red-headed woman. Like, oh, that's a fucking insult, because you wouldn't, oh, who would want to be a red-headed woman? Isn't that the worst thing you can be? I'd love to be Scully. In the, in the, if you're choosing between Mulder and Scully, I'm going to choose the one that's skeptical of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and is capable and smart and brilliant yes. and a genius and a doctor and yeah. fuck you, Dean Winchester. And and Mulder has so many issues that are going on. Um, anyway. Someone dies one, two, three, four times. Still no one has cut themselves, but in the post scene, in the coming soon, there Which, were like eight. Should we have counted those? I was wondering if we, you wanted to. I mean, it's a little late now. Okay. We still have no, our drinks in front of us. We can count. Well, off. we've just been free drinking. It's true. So I'm going to count it at least for two because it was in the coming soon. Um, Which is an interesting thing because they're still trying to boost ratings and eight they episodes really are. into the season. They're, they're like, like, hey, uh, stick around. Hey, we're, make it exciting. I mean, we're you know like H.S. Holmes. That's fine. We get it. We get it. We get it. Oh, oh, history. History's not true. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Guest stars not doing it for you. Not doing it for you. <laughs> we brought in Linda freaking Blair. Wait, wait, wait. We got plenty of stuff, guys. Come on back. <laughs> um, we had no Sammy has a headache. No theme hotel. Jump scare times five. Or good jump scares, good camera pans, good mirror shots. And that's where we're at. Yeah. So what our lessons learned... Oh, so uh, skip Usual Suspects, yes. watch Crossroads Definitely Blues. Definitely watch Crossroads Blues. Uh, and our lesson learned was from the first one, if you're going to make a demon deal, think that shit through. As we all know, if you're going to make a deal with a djinn or a genie... From the first one? We didn't have one for the first one. Our one for the second one was to have a backup devil's trap. Lesson learned from the first one, don't... Buy every woman you know the same piece of custom jewelry. It will lead back to you. And if you're a vengeful spirit or death omen, don't communicate in anagrams. No, just, just be straight playing. up with just, everyone. Just keep it chill. <laughs> just tell people where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the second lesson learned could be: be sure you're. Be clear about what you want when yeah. you're dealing with a crossroads demon or a jinn or any kind of like wish granting entity. Think that shit through. Think like you are the terms of service for Facebook. Yeah. Like think of every eventuality and plug those holes. Slash have a backup devil's trap. Always, Always. have a backup devil's trap. Always have a backup one. And really consider my plan for a dashboard sunshade tossable devil's Absolutely. trap. Absolutely. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I guess that's from Family Guy where Stewie has the, the interdimensional travel thing where he throws it on the ground and steps on it and then, like, whooshes away. I'm thinking, like, something like that. A frisbee. I like I the frisbee idea. Is. Anyway. Yeah. I like... I'm just picturing the mechanics of it. And I like how it would expand. Or what if it was, like, a rope devil's trap? What if you had, like, a rope devil's trap that you would throw? Mm, I like my idea better. Or maybe it's a hologram. It's something <sighs> like a... Would that be a A laser pointer and you could just boop. You could that be unbreakable. 
A laser? No. Well, no, it'd be easily breakable. You could just hold your hand out and you'd break the. But wouldn't it still be projected on your hand? But the, it's still broken because yeah. it's not continuous. Yeah, that's probably not. A... We'll crack this yeah, thing. We're gonna figure it out. If you have any suggestions for good devil's traps materials, be sure to send them to us on Twitter or the most excellent Facebook, <laughs> most yeah. excellent podcast also, network page. Like, write a review. Yeah, we'll read it. We'll read it back to you on the air. Oh yes, in in some sort of stylized. Way. We'll do a dramatic reading, yeah. so like really, yes. really get we'll in put there. Put music behind it and get real fancy. Oh, I see. These are your <laughs> notes. I'm like, what is all this? Are you? Oh, you're reading my mm-hmm. Crossroads Bar advertisement notes. Uh, did you play along? You want to let us know? Did we miss some slams? Did we miss some toxic masculinity? Talk to us about it. We want to know. Uh, do you have a cocktail for us? We really enjoyed our brew free Twenty First Amendment Blood Orange IPA. Do you have something that you think we would like? Let us know. Is that it? Uh, you can find Nate. Yeah. You can find uh, Gank That Drink on the most excellent um, podcast network Facebook group. Most excellent pod. Just search for it. Most excellent podcast. Um, and you can find Chrissy and Nate, both IRL at National Comedy Theater. Uh, and you can find us, you know, in the interwebs at uh, nctphoenix.com. Absolutely. I'm no, I'm I'm good. This was fun. Yeah. I like this. Um so remember when you're out there in the world saving people and hunting things, you know. The family business. Keep the most excellent podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and party, party on, on dudes. dudes.